Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Randy characters in here, Jackson, and, he, and we're, we're, they have a wonderful topic on opening drive. And you know what? It kind of holds up the mirror to this show and, and why it's just inferior. Randy, we're talking about this topic. that you had. One outcome in sports that if you could change it, what would you change? Is that what it was essentially? Exactly. Okay. And so mine was uh, Gene McNary had offered the football Cardinals oh, a stadium. Yeah, let's get into this. You right. and I could do the next 10 hours together no now. No doubt. But... Ultimately, if that outcome has changed and the city leaders say, you know what, that's a good idea. We should try to keep the team here. And they build the stadium over where Hollywood Casino Amphitheater is right now. We would have had the Big Red forever. Mr. Bidwell wanted to be here. And so we would have had the Big Red. But there was another one that I had. And I had a huge list. I could only pick one. But back in the day, we had two newspapers. We had the Globe Democrat in the morning and the Post-Dispatch in the afternoon. And... Bill Bidwill was a guy that was notorious for not wanting what was going on with his franchise to get out in the media before he announced it. Huh. Back in 1977, after Don Coriel had left, there was a picture in the morning paper, the Globe Democrat, of a coach getting off of a plane that was going to interview with the football Cardinals. Apparently... Bill Bidwill got mad, and this guy never had a chance because people would not have been surprised by his presence in St. Louis. Bidwill ultimately wound up hiring Bud Wilkinson out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. head coach for 17 years, former coach at Oklahoma. The picture of the coach getting off of the plane that was headed to interview for the football Cardinals was of Bill Walsh. Oh, my God. Goodness. He was at Stanford, and he didn't get the Cardinal job, apparently because Mr. Bidwell wanted to fool the media. Oh, my goodness. I had never heard that yeah. one. I have to ask you, since you're so kind enough to be in here for this nonsense hour that is Balloon Party. <laughs> so I interviewed Gene McNary about five years ago mm-hmm. for my podcast, and he told me the story, which it sounds like you have clearly heard based on what you're saying, uh, of how he gets together with Bidwill. They have everything in place to build a new stadium for the football Cardinals where Hollywood Casino Amphitheater is now. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I don't know if you'd ever heard this. You and I have ever talked about this on air or off air. But he also said an NBA owner reached out to him. And it was the San Antonio Spurs. Wow. So St. Louis would have had four major sports leagues. Wow. Uh, So he says, he tells Vince Shamel about this. Everything's good to go. He then says Vince Shamel gets a call to meet at the Missouri Athletic Club. Oh, you you are familiar with this. Mm -hmm. And meets with like, you know. The Civic Progress guys, right? Exactly right. At the Missouri Athletic Club, and they tell Mayor Shamel that if you have any aspirations beyond being the mayor of St. Louis, you do not allow the football team to move from the city limits. Now, they weren't going to move to L.A. or Phoenix. They were just going to move to Maryland Heights. 
And that is why he stopped it. So having some journalistic responsibility, I then had Mayor Shamel come in. And again, this is five years ago. He hasn't been in office in decades. And I asked him to confirm the truth on that story. He says, that is not true. Bill Bidwell did not want to be here. And my proof is he said that they would not allow Anheuser-Busch products to be sold in the building. And that told you all you needed to know about him wanting to stay in St. Louis. He wanted to go. That being said, there, for whatever reason, the Civic Progress guys did not want Mr. Bidwell here. He wasn't part of their group. He wasn't part of their club. And wait, 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 how, do you, how do you become part of the club? Is it like an old money thing? Yeah, or what it, totally, totally. Oh, okay. And Mr. Bidwell would have done the, the, the county thing, but all the Civic Progress guys said, we won't buy luxury boxes at a stadium in the county. Oh, all God. the biggest companies in St. Louis that were based downtown— by the way, they all lived in the county, but they all said, yeah, we won't buy luxury boxes at a stadium in, in the county. So that pretty much nixed it. And at that point, Bidwell's comeback was for what is now the dome, the same design that was built uh, for the Rams. But Bidwell said, well, if, if you aren't going to buy luxury box, basically, he didn't say this, but this is what it was. If you are going to buy luxury boxes for a stadium in the county, you, Anheuser-Busch, owners of Busch Stadium, uh, I, I'm not going to sell, I'm not going to allow Anheuser-Busch products to be sold in the stadium. Uh, no, Mr. Mr. Bidwell desperately wanted to be here in St. Louis. Oh, my goodness. He wound up, he, he would come in a couple times a year just to have lunch over at Crown Candy Kitchen. When the new stadium's funding was announced, Governor Ashcroft signed this, the the, the Funding for the, the what is now the Dome. I believe it was in 1990-91. Jim Holder at KMOX yeah. calls Mr. Bidwell and says, what do you think of the funding for this new stadium? And Mr. Bidwell, or the, the governor signing this funding right. for the new stadium. And Bidwell said, he said, if this would have happened four years ago, this would be a local call. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He, oh. he desperately wanted to be here. So the original sin of St. Louis and the NFL goes way back way into back. the 1980s. Yep, and, it, and it's Chuck Knight and the guy who owned Boatman's Bank and uh, Andy Craig and uh, the, the AT&T people that took AT&T out of town. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the old guard civic progress people that thought, and by the way, they, they had a, another team. They just messed that, uh, an expansion team. They messed that up too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they drove Mr. Bidwell out of town. How close were the Patriots to coming here? Uh, if Bob Kraft, who owned the stadium, doesn't have the money to buy the Patriots, they're going to be here. Jim, Jim Orthwine is right. going to bring them here. It was, it was that close. It, 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 I thought it was a done deal. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was amazing. Boy, we've had a lot of football flirtations and weirdness, probably more than any other city in America. Yeah, and yet are labeled as bad football fans. Yeah. We, See, me and you could get going here and <laughs> we they could just, do they 10 just hours. preempt BK and Ferrario <laughs> exactly. in the fast lane, and we'd exactly. sit here and be complaining yeah. about the yeah. NFL. Well, Randy, thank you for sticking uh, around. By I the way, it. your one thing that you would change the outcome of is? <sighs> well, I, my, well, you asked me, and then I hadn't heard your answer and Dan's answer and Brooke's answer and Rocchio's answer, so then I felt like my answer sucked. My initial answer was Super Bowl 36, and then you guys then like just like dunked on me with 10 <laughs> better than that, and I go, oh. <laughs> That's why I'm that's, doing an hour on middays. Yeah, well, no, that's we all have different ideas. What and was your but, answer again? Uh, it was building the McDome. Yeah, down uh, uh, in Earth. So, what would you have done alternatively? Not build it, or what? Oh no! If I could change the outcome, yeah, that stadium is built, and we never lose the football Cardinals. Okay, okay, and, okay, okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then what? Uh, what were some of the others on the show that got a lot of attention? Denkinger got a lot of play. Uh, 
uh, I don't know if that had like a lasting effect though. And that, because we've won so many, right? Right. So uh, Grant Fuhrer getting hurt in the '96 oh, playoffs. Nice play. That's a nice play. Uh, that's the, a nice play. One that I mentioned was. Uh, Jack Quinn and Mike Keenan pulling the Gretzky offer off the That's table. That's a nice play. And he had purchased, he had a contract on a house. He had bought Cardinal season tickets. Gretzky was all in on St. Louis, and they they pushed him out the door. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, a lot of cool stuff. And what Dan told the story about Steve Carlton was Steve that- Carlton was walking down the hall at the Cardinal offices, I guess in spring training, to accept their offer, which was five thousand dollars less than what he wanted. And from the time he was he started walking, they finalized the trade with Philadelphia. He was ready. Ready to accept the offer, he gets to the office and they say, we just traded you. God, what year was that? 1970. And people on that team, McCarver was with that team at the beginning, but Al Roboski will tell you that they would have won four divisions in the 70s if they would have had Steve Carlton. I Didn't mean, win one. That, see, that's Didn't what I'm talking one. about. That's a moment that then had an impact on yeah. years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, good stuff. Man, I'm telling you, thank you for sticking around. You got it, Thank brother. you for the knowledge. There is the great Randy Carricker, Jackson. How about that? Outstanding. That's what a real host looks like. Now, look at me. <laughs> look at me. No beard, no knowledge, no nothing. It's Bowling Party. Welcome in, friends. It's uh, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Munganess, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. What would your answer to that question be? It's, I, it's tough. I'm over here racking. I was racking my brain ever since Randy asked, and it's like there's so many little moments. I really liked what Brooks... If the East could have held the West under 200 points Sunday night. It's <laughs> a lot in basketball, man. But uh, I really liked... Brooks answer because I think it's something that kind of goes under the radar certainly because it's so old and it's a sport that isn't played here anymore but Bill Russell not coming to that the was hawk. a great answer yeah oh, there's meat be, on the bone on that that is so they like like you said there's so much more that goes into the reason why I didn't stay here or come here and what that could have meant for the future of this town whether you like basketball or not I uh, don't think anyone would disagree that not only having one of the greatest players to ever play play here and then possibly still have a team would be better for the region. If you're going to deny that, then uh, I don't want to have a conversation with you. You will not talk to people. Uh, if, if people just, if they just logic be damned, you know, then it's going to be tough to have a conversation. Okay, fair enough. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome your participation in this program. It's called Balloon Party, and you can text in the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. And then also we have studio cameras that bring us to the YouTube channel for 101 ESPN, and those are brought to you by the Air Alliance team. And you can participate in the YouTube chat. Jackson has this Wide Birth Wednesday, and I am intrigued to hear what you have on Wide Birth Wednesday. That is coming your way. It's all coming up on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you on the program. It's 1018 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Jackson, you have this Little Piddles Wide Berth Wednesday. What direction are you going to go today? Can't wait to see what you do. I mean, you are the puppet master. Yeah, I don't know. There's no, like, natural lead today. Wow. Well, the Blues didn't play yesterday. Obviously, the Cardinals are down at spring training, and that's always a good option to go with when you're talking about. CONCACAF. CONCACAF first leg that was cool no denying that that was Tim Parker header yeah I mean Just like last year against Austin anytime you're going to get a 90th minute goal it's pretty exciting and it's cool to see the atmosphere fired up like that again the atmosphere is omnipresent yeah man that's it's the greatest thing going yeah as far as the atmosphere at City Park 
Yeah, it's just, and when you get like a, a situation like what happened last night, super, super, super cool. And probably people there don't even care really about the game itself, but just being there in the atmosphere is important to them. And I love that. Huh, where to go, where to go, where to go, where to go. Boy, it's fun to watch you work. It's like watching a cook prepare a wonderful meal. Yes, chef, go ahead. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it because we haven't talked about it yet. I'm just going to do it. What do you make of the uniform situation going on with the Cardinals in Major League Baseball? <laughs> That's what you... MLBPA President Tony Clark described the players as frustrated. We haven't had... We, to be fair, to be fair, you were out last week. We did not get a chance to discuss it. I was vacationing it. in the Hamptons. That's correct. We did not get a chance to discuss it when you were out, obviously, and we haven't talked about it yet. Um... I understand the players are really irritated by it. Yeah. I don't really have a real, I got to be honest with you, I don't really have a strong opinion. Really? On I would think you would. You're, you know, you're usually... Uh, I'm a uniform guy, but I, you know, th- these are deals that are made for business purposes. I personally don't like it, but I understand it. I don't understand why they don't wear the Navy cap on the road, but yeah. I also realize that's 100% subjective. I think the red cap on the road is something that a lot of kind of also ran front franchises do. And so that irritates me, especially when the team was on this heater from, I don't know, whatever year through 2011 yeah. with the, the Navy cap. So I don't get that because that's a choice. This is something that they just all have to deal with from baseball. And that's baseball trying to make as much money as possible. And Hey, you know, I understand. Sure. And, I just I I think the Cardinals especially had the such letter a, the lettering on the back. That's all I. It have looks to like something that I wore for the cutest team right. in the nineteen eighties at Afton. Looks, we were a nice team, rebuilding year in eighty eight, rebuilding year in eighty eight. Uh, but the lettering on the back uh, is reminiscent of, and maybe that's what what Major League Baseball is doing. It's trying to pay tribute to Afton Athletic Association, and if so, I appreciate that. Uh, it's just I, the short ba- porch and left on field two. <laughs> is that Heine Miney? No, that's after an athletic association. I know if it's south of Manchester, you don't acknowledge its existence. Yeah, but Heine Miney is totally different than after an athletic association. Where's Heine Miney? Appalling, especially after you did your look at me, I'm common by playing basketball at the Berg Sunday afternoon <laughs> tour. <laughs> that was great. Fear the Cavalier. Um, where's Heine Miney then? On the banks of the mighty River to Pear. Okay, so this, so I'm in the, I mean, they're not super far away. Right. Afton, Afton's on the near the banks it's in general vicinity i mean i suppose but like what municipality is i need we may okay so I'm, I'm i'm right there right all right i mean ledoux and lee may they both start with l <laughs> yeah but plenty of differences um yeah the back of the uniforms the back I'm of the uniforms look by terrible the socioeconomic shaming that goes on on this show especially as a meat and potatoes guy right well the pro- t- proletarian themselves thank you um the, the back of the uniforms look so bad. Like They do. Like, legitimately I, I, terrible. I, I, I do want to know who approved it and goes, all right, that's good. Let's wrap her up. Anybody want to get lunch? Seriously. Like, it, it makes... The back of the Cardinal uniform used to be my, like, one of my favorite parts. The, the lettering and the numbering was beautiful. Like, it was legit beautiful. And I know, like, this is probably getting into the weeds too much of it, but it, I thought it always looked awesome. And to do this, it looks, like, so bad. It looks so bad. I enjoy that the Players Association's now involved. Right. And, like, and then the poor, these, like, poor Nike players have to go up there and be like, no, throwing free and easier in these things. I love the lightweight material. Like, everyone knows they look like crap. I mean, if there's one thing that, for the most part, 
for the most part. I'm not saying it's across the board. Our friends with the Diamondbacks would be an example. <laughs> but for the most part, baseball uniforms have been some of the best you've had in, in all of the four major North American sports leagues. Yes. And there's some, I mean, when you say best uniform, a lot of people will immediately go to, not necessarily Cardinals, but they might go with the Cardinals. Yankees, Dodgers. About St. Louis, but they'll go with the Yankees, and they'll go with Dodgers, and the Cardinals may be live. Mm-hmm. And you can include college sports, and still people would, you know, throw out baseball uniforms. And, like, the one thing that was kind of working... <laughs> They right. just decided to like torpedo, and I, I I get it that it's a business deal, but I just it can be a business deal, but then still there has to be levels of approval, and right. I just wanted to, I would love to hear like the tapes of the conversations. That's what I'm saying, and they just like and there's a reason like that there wasn't like a big like promo where it's like new uniform collection coming out because they knew it looked so bad, and so they kind of tried to like like Derek Gould broke the news that, that the uniforms changed. Miles Not Major Michael League Baseball. Is a banty rooster about these things. Yeah, yeah, and then you got Nolan Arnado's a Nike player up there. He's like, I love the vapor fly <laughs> technology. Like, God bless America. All right, the rant over. Uh, but Katie Wu once again saved the day, Tim, in her Cardinals roundtable. Oh, what do we got? An article that I, I really I, I enjoyed reading, and I think it's an interesting topic. What uh, each Cardinal player, what teammate they're most excited to see play this season. I, okay. I, I thought that that was, uh, that was an interesting idea for an article because uh, we talked about spring training coverage on TMA today. Not that much you can do outside of saying they're throwing free and easy and such, but I, I thought some, some pretty good answers, including Nolan Arenado, who said that uh, Jordan Walker and Lars Newpar are the two he's most excited to see playing. With Walker, he looks just phenomenal with the swing. He's a really good player, and he's going to continue to get better. A guy like Carlson saying Steven Matz. Oh, God. <laughs> Carlson said Steven Matz? I'd probably say Steven Matz. I spent a lot of time with him last year rehabbing. I know how hard he works and the work they put in. That's the guy I'm definitely looking forward to seeing go out there. Oh boy. What a marketing campaign that would be. <laughs> yeah, it's up there with Arenado on the jersey. Um, I mean, my answer is Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn. Yeah. And, I, and, and my reasoning is the following. This isn't a great team, and yet it's a team that could win the World Series. Yeah. Fun with playoff formats. But... Uh, you know, I'm looking to see what's going to happen in, you know, the relatively near future. These guys have to take steps. Mason Wynn, more so than Jordan Walker. Walker had his moments last year without question, but Wynn, granted, small sample size, first time at the major league level, it's going, okay, if, they, if they're, you're a couple months in and he's still floundering, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be in St. Louis. So that's, that, that's the upside play, mm-hmm. you know? If Goldschmidt and Arenado both return to 2022 form, that's of note. I don't know. I you know. Popular answer seems to be Brendan Donovan. People are excited to see guys on the team. Are excited to see him back at it again. He seems like a real ball player's ball player. You know? Ball player's ball. What's a ball player's ball? Player? Well, I'll tell you the opposite of a ball player's ball player is, and that's Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. So if you just think of the opposite of him, that's probably Brendan Donovan. Uh, Jackson uh, is setting up uh, Anthony Rendon. We talked a little bit about it at the tail end of yesterday's program. We have the audio, and then we have one of his former teammates' response to the audio for you, uh, Jackson. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a break, and then we'll play it on the other side of the break because rarely do you have a former teammate 
airing out a former uh, you know all star uh, like what we had happen yesterday. You will want to hear this audio. That's coming up next. In addition to more of the Little Piddles Wide Berth Wednesday here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN, the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. And Bennett Burkett, and he doesn't realize the difference between Afton Athletic Association and Heine Miney, and he will be apologizing at 1048 today right here on 101 ESPN and on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel, as a matter of fact. Jackson and I will be doing uh, QFTA. That's questions from the audience, the Tim McKernan Show podcast at about 1120. Does that work for you? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and you can always listen to that on uh, the Tim McKernan Show podcast feed or uh, to subscribe to the TMASTL podcast feed. And you get Balloon Party, Tim McKernan Show, and TMA yep. all right there. We deep tease this. Anthony Rendon, which we talked a little bit about yesterday, he is considered to be one of the worst free agent signings in the history of the game. And uh, it hasn't gone real well for him uh, since signing with the Angels after the Nationals won the World Series, beating the Cardinals in the NLCS en route to do so in 2019. He's played about 180 games, and fans are certainly on him about not playing uh, for health reasons. And uh, here is the sound about him uh, and his priorities in life and where baseball ranks. Is it still a top priority for you? Though? Well, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job, so I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time <laughs> it is. So, <laughs> do you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have answered baseball? your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you technically answered it. Thank you. There it is, Jackson. You like the media laugh at the end. Thank you. (laughs) That's the sound of a gentleman who, purely for the love of sport, at the age of 17, made a decision he'd probably like to have back, in which parents were saying, you know, maybe your grades are pretty good. You ought to go to law school. And he said, no, no, I'm going to pursue journalism. Yeah, print journalism. <laughs> and nine years later, living below the poverty line, he's scolded by a man who signed a quarter billion dollar contract <laughs> who made it clear he doesn't really enjoy playing the game that this gentleman chose to cover instead of law school. And in years response was, ha <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And right there, even though it's only about eight tenths of a second, he's going, "Damn it, mom and dad were right." Yep. Right there, you can't, you can't hear it. I can. You know, respect to him though, Brandon answered it, and he goes, "But do you want to be here?" <laughs> like that he is. He would have been a great counselor. Yeah. Now, Jonathan Papelbon, Bryce Harper's buddy, he does a podcast because a few people around the country are doing podcasts. Yeah, just a few though, and. And he's on the podcast yesterday. He played with Rendon. 
He sounds exactly like Will Clark. They both played at Mississippi State. There's got to be something there. Take a listen to what Jonathan Papelbon had to say about the Anthony Rendon exchange. At the end of the day, we all have our faith in in God, whether we're Jewish, Catholic, Baptist. That doesn't matter to me, and we all got family. Either we got a wife, or we got a girlfriend, or two or three girlfriends, or, you know, we got mama coming to the games. We all deal with that But at the end of the day, this is what you sign up for, and it drives me absolutely nuts to see guys... If this is what you believe, just keep your damn mouth shut. You don't got to say it because now, guess what? Everybody else that's going to come into that locker room is going to say, oh, well, we're third on the list here. We don't mean anything. And that's just, to me, a cancer in the clubhouse. And when I played with this guy, I used to watch everybody, you know, because being a closer, Closers are always the last one to go in the training room. It's how it works. So I would always watch guys as they would come and go, and I would tell them, I said, he ready? Oh, sh- he ready. That guy, no, that dude ain't ready. He ain't ready today. And I could almost predict to you, like, how that game was going to go based on each player. And every single day this guy shows up to go out, it was like a chore. And he strictly got away with just raw athleticism and raw talent. Now, you can do that. But there's a reason why – has he even made an all-star game yet or may, maybe one? I don't know. There's a reason why he's not as successful as he really truly could be because he's got more God-given talent than probably all three of us sitting here talking. But at the end of the day, he don't give a shit. So when, when, when you put those two together – it's a bad recipe for me, man. I'll be honest with you, man. If if I'm the Angels GM, I'm trying to get rid of this dude as fast as I can. And I, I knew that like when he became a free agent, because I think two years after I played with him, I was like, man, whoever gets that dude is going to get totally whamboozled. It's going to be the worst deal in history, and it's proven that way. He's right on that part. Uh, I also would agree that there's a good chance the Angels have – knocked on doors and said, hey, you interested in this Rendon contract? I just don't know if they're going to be any takers. Yeah, if they're not picking up, you know, if no one's really biding on, like, Wilson Contreras, <laughs> imagine trying to sell Anthony Rendon. Yeah, well, he's uh, good news uh, for whoever would acquire him. Uh, they get him for 24, 25, and 26, at which time he will make approximately $120 million <laughs> Yeah. Over the next three years. It's also, it's, it's got to be said, it's another thing when Jonathan Papelbon, who's famously, you know, well, a bit of a banty rooster, mm-hmm. is saying that you're a locker room or a clubhouse cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call that like, you know, if, if someone else said that, you know, if like, you know, William McGee, who's a great clubhouse guy, Ozzie Smith, or like, this guy stinks, you know, be like, oh my God, when Jonathan Papelbon says that you're a real problem. And we know his history. You uh, you had Rendon saying about a month ago, might have been a month to the day, actually, about how he was asked if there was one thing he could change about the game of baseball, and he said, make the season shorter. And so a lot of people who may not be familiar with his love of the game or lack thereof were going, oh, Anthony Rendon, you know, here's a guy who, yeah, it hadn't gone well recently, but when he was with the Nationals, played a role in that team winning the World Series, uh, he says the season should be shorter. 
But then when you find out he doesn't really enjoy playing all of that much, and he has actually indirectly made his season shorter every year <laughs> since signing with the Angels. Considerably. Uh, then maybe it takes a little credibility away from, say, like if it were a gamer who plays every single game and you can tell is busting his ass every single game. So with that all said, yeah, I think baseball would probably be better served if the season were shorter. But once again, anytime you are taking away revenue from the top line and you are not doing anything that is going to increase the profit margin, you have what Jackson's people, and by that I mean board members in Ladue, call a non-starter. That's called a non-starter. So that isn't going to happen. Even though, it, I mean, if I, if I knew the Cardinals had you know, significantly less games, well, then that, similar to the NFL or college football, it increases the importance of each game played. And also, it reduces the probability of playing games in 30-degree temperatures, even though the vast majority of the season is played in, you know, 80 to 90-degree temperatures. Reduce, but alas, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, reduce in- injuries and all that stuff. And yeah, like you said, like, Rendon is far from the first player to ever say that the season needs to be shortened. I think it was Marcus Stroman said, like, if it was a 100-game season, you would see much more exciting games, more players playing because they wouldn't be as hurt. And they're not wrong. When Rendon says it, and it's someone who right, right now is coming out, the, you know, maybe. And I also, I don't think Rendon's alone in saying that baseball isn't his top priority. Who's going to say that I would take baseball over my kids? You know, that's, but when you're saying it, given his circumstances and the way he said it too, you know, there are ways of framing that without saying baseball is my top priority. Yeah. Like when I'm here, baseball is my top priority. Here, you want me to do Tim McKernan's School of Public Relations? Yes. I've been waiting for this. Now I know you have. I think a lot of people have. And in van, too. Hmm. Now, I appreciate the question, and I know if I'm an Angels fan or just a fan of the game of baseball, uh, it's been disappointing because I haven't produced like I did produce when I was in Washington, D.C., and we won a World Series there, and that was one of the highlights of my life, both personally and professionally. And sure, as you grow up and you age and you get married and you have a family, those become your priorities. But still, I have a responsibility to get on the field and perform to my utmost ability and that's what I hope to do for this franchise this year. <laughs> that was world class. The production value you inserted right there <laughs> is something that I would like to submit for a Marconi. And Make I'm, it a promo, writer. Yep, yep. No, it's exciting. It's exciting what we're doing, but it's even more exciting how talented I am. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. You're also welcome to participate in the chat in the YouTube channel of 101 ESPN. It's 1043 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Jackson, tease the audience for what the final segment has. Are we going to go back to uniforms? No, as much as I'd love to, because you know what? I want to give a shout out just very quickly. Oh, wow. Stadium series, hockey, what the Rangers wore. Uh, in that game, unbelievable! Look at you, just outstanding. Acknowledging ice hockey. Those uniforms were gorgeous. Oh, I couldn't take my eyes off of them. Well done, first class. Okay, great. What is the coming up in the next segment? Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, discussion that we had a, thing. like a year ago, probably, and I think is actually so it's interesting. Timely. 
Well, there was a new article about it in the athletic. Should the Blues trade Barbashev? We're going to go down that road. Yeah. Should Petrangelo get sent back to VGK? Do you think Jack Flaherty can regain his Cy Young form? <laughs> Wilson Contreras, how excited are we? Uh, no, we're talking about faces of the league, like faces of each league. Okay. And there's some. There was an interesting article about St. Louis and Jason Tatum saying, you know, it's up, it's up for grabs right now, and I want it. And uh, it's just kind of a discussion about the the faces of All the right. leagues and see if they're different I'm than they were a I'm year ago. I'm intrigued by your. Yeah, topic. All yeah. right, well, that's where we're going in the next segment. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Maxim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for another 11 minutes. The program's called Balloon Party, and Jackson has a wonderful question that he has prepared for you as he has prepared a banquet for all listeners of 101 ESPN and all viewers on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. Jackson, this is your show. Sure. We have had a conversation before about being the face of a league. And as we, of course, are the face of midday one-hour radio. Correct. I figure we bring it back up. In your eyes, is the Peter face... Peter Gabriel. What do you think of that song? You ever dance to uh, your last to that? Peter Gabriel, is that In Your Eyes, the song? That's correct. It's like I'm in a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never heard the tune. That's why I was asking. Well, maybe I have. I just don't recognize Let's it. Let's say anything. And John Cusack holds yeah. up the radiator. Boombox. I think Courtney is actually doing a screening of that with John Cusack. Coming up soon. You kidding me? No, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive. I walked by their studio this morning and she was saying something about that. There's like doing like And then a you acted like you'd never heard of the song and yet you know all these details from one of our, and I'm a, I'm a Courtney Landrum lemming. So that's the song he's playing out of the boombox? Yes. Okay, well there, then I've heard it. So Paula famous. Cole, Paul. when they would tour, Paula Cole, she sang the song from your favorite show, Dawson's Creek. You're oftentimes called Dawson on right. TMA because right. of your love of film. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Vanderbeek, I call him James. Yeah, James. Loved film in Dawson's Creek with that wonderful Katie Holmes and that cute little Pacey. <laughs> and Katie Holmes later married Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Who I can't take seriously. And why is that? Yes, a lot. Wow, so vague and yet so damning and that's, condescending. That's, that's, that's Back lot. to the faces of one hour midday radio. In your eyes. Is the face of the league simply just the best player in the league? How important no. is off-the-playing-surface personality? <laughs> Who do you think has had the longest sustained face of the league status? Oh, wow. Okay, well, then we got to go through face of the leagues. And then if that's the it's case, tough. then I, I feel like I got an easy answer. And For this is going to get you going. But it's with the association, and it's LeBron. LeBron has, has certainly been so that's the longest easy. sustained. Like, who, even though I wouldn't say like, he's okay, right face now. Okay, face of the NFL right now. Mahomes. Okay, but not as long as LeBron's when no. the face of the NBA. Okay, face of Major course. League Baseball right now. That's not that. I is would a say good it's Joey Otani. Right. Yeah, I would agree. And then even if you wanted to go with somebody before him, I would go with Mike Trout. Trout before him. But Trout still wouldn't predate LeBron. No, no. The longest sustained, I'm going all time. And so, like, but like even like Brady was, but there was moments where, like, I feel like Peyton Manning was kind of the face of the league based on his off the field yeah. stuff because he's so personable. More so than Brady, which is always interesting because he'll be calling games next year, so that'll be fun to see. But 
like I would say that there are some faces of the league that are open for business. Like Shohei Otani is by far the best player in baseball, so he is the face of the league based on that. But I think there's an opening for someone else to become the face. Like Bryce Harper could very easily become the face of baseball. He's much more personable off the field. Uh, obviously, the language thing is going to be a big part of that. Having said that, I just think there's some openings. I think there's openings in the NBA. And that's where you're getting to Jason Tatum. Yeah, I think Tatum and Luka are certainly like the split face of the league at the moment, even though LeBron's still playing. It's a little bit longer in the tooth. His team's not as good. And I, I, don't know, I just think there's openings out there. And what do you have to be to become the face of the league? It's kind of the question I'm asking. Yeah, I get it. I think it's more than just being great. But I think the thing for Otani is he has global appeal. Totally, totally. And so that is that totally. is why and what he's doing. It's not just, I realize this year it'll just be offensive. But ideally, at least from the Dodgers' perspective, he's going to return to pitching as well. And he is as good as he is at both. And assuming that they are in the mix for a world championship this year, assuming that they are having around a 100-win season, and he's doing it in Los Angeles, and I know he was doing it in Los Angeles last year, but Southern California geography buffs, and I know that that's really who this show's demographic is, would acknowledge that doing it in Anaheim versus doing it at Chavez Ravine, a little different situation. And with the history of that franchise and also the run the Dodgers have been on for more than a decade, uh, it would carry more water than than doing it with the Angels. So I think it's Otani, even if obviously he isn't, you know, outspoken and being, you know, prominent on talk shows and such. Well, agree. Yeah, totally. I'm with you on that. And especially if they win a World Series with the Dodgers and it's like a much more legitimate World Series and they're winning 2020, I think uh, I think that would play a big factor. Now, hockey, this well, is this another is where, This is where I'm just going to lean on you. Well, like McDavid is for sure the best player in the league. You know, I made an observation yesterday about Austin Matthews. He had the assist to open things up and then he had the goal in which the Blues, just kind of as a President's Day gift, said, you know what, we're going to let him just kind of hang around in front of the net uh, on the power play. And, you know, he took him up on the gift and then just buried it. Uh, And your observation was really, it was like, whoa. Your observation was, he spells his name weird. Yeah, yeah. And I again, I want to rephrase that. He just spells it differently. I'm not going to judge people. Now, if you spell Jackson with an X, I have a problem. Is that right? Oh, people do it. People do it. Now people are just going to nonstop do it in the Air Comfort Service tax line. If they're so hell-bent against me that they're going to name their children Jackson with an X just to spite me. Well, that's different than sending in a text. I mean, I think we would agree there's different levels. Right. I would agree as well. Okay. But, I, you know, I'm not throwing I'm just saying. Uh, like McDavid's the best player in the league, but he plays in Edmonton, which is uh, by f- far from a ideal place to be if you're the face of the league. And he's not that off the ice he's not out there doing a lot where Austin Matthews is on the cover of GQ real close friends with Justin Bieber and also an incredible player I think you'd have to go with him more so than you would McDavid if you're talking face of the league okay maybe like someone like Bedard could be Yes, that's that's where it is, and yeah. that's in Chicago, and right. that's by Ideal. a wonderful coincidence <laughs> that the Blackhawks won the lottery, and he got to go to Chicago. I mean, again, a wonderful coincidence. So that would be most likely where it's going, and then maybe that can capture the imaginations of people who at the moment would describe themselves as casual hockey fans or not hockey fans. Ideally, this is good for both the Blues in a weird way, I think, but also good for the NHL without saying 
over the next decade, it would be wonderful if Connor Bedard is one of the most disliked people in St. Yep. Louis sports. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that means the Blues and Blackhawks are playing for something. That means that Bedard has had incredible success. And you have what would certainly ideally be like a Gretzky, Lemieux kind of emergence from his talent. He's certainly young enough to have that. I know he missed some time this year with injury, but either way, that would be a great thing. So I'm actually pulling for his success, especially since the Blackhawks at the moment are irrelevant. But I also realize that, you know, inevitably they're going to get it right and he's going to be a big part of that and that's going to be an obstacle for the Blues. But give me a Blues-Blackhawks Western Conference Finals with some of these young players who we haven't seen in St. Louis yet going against Connor Bedard. How do you do, Jackson? Even you might flip over from TNT and that Nuggets-Grizzlies matchup to watch the Western Conference Finals if the Blues and Blackhawks are playing. Depends if Jaws playing. Um... When was the last time we had that in St. Louis? Like, would it have been like the Western Conference Finals? It was 2019 no, 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 against no. the delightful Pete DeBoer and the Sharks, and I think he's coached yeah. eight teams since then. Yeah, not to be confused with Kalen DeBoer. Um, no, like when we had like a rival team like that, like Chicago or a you know, city rivalry, where like the both teams were really good in battle. Like, would it have been like mid 2000s Cardinals? You, this is the thing about this is the thing about USC's great questions, yeah, and I got to land the plane. Yeah, like I, I'm thinking like. Cardinals when they had Albert and Edmonds and Roland and like the Cardinals and Astros thing. Yeah, it's a good call. It was not hated though. It was a respectful rivalry. Both sides said that the Cardinals and Cubs in 2003 hated each other. Yeah, truly did. I was in the clubhouse for that stuff. Both the Cubs clubhouse and the Cardinals clubhouse, and they hated. He had Dusty Baker and Tony Larusa screaming at each other. Facero, I think, it was one of the only times I've ever heard a guy acknowledge he threw at a guy, and I'm just like, oh boy. Yeah. He's like, I'm 43. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I guess uh, t- 2010 when Dusty Baker then was managing the Reds, but then that was... I mean, you had the Blues and Blackhawks play in 2016. Yeah. And Troy, there was a lot uh, of history with the Blues and Blackhawks going into that, of course, just in general, but the Blackhawks had been the Blues nemesis, and the Blackhawks had gone on that run of, of trading cups with the Kings for the first six, seven years, minus 2011, and of course, you remember that the Blank beat the Vancouver Canucks in 2011. Sharks? Same conference. Uh, they didn't make an exception that year. Hold on. Oh, there's no way you know this. Pittsburgh? Not a bad guess. At least that was within the, the area code. St. <laughs> Colors. <laughs> Bruins. Oh, Bruins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bruins. So anyway, I love that stuff. Yeah. I yeah. love when you... like, like Organic. Yeah, I mean, the, the greatest was... And I, I think even like Illinois fans and non-Missouri fans would acknowledge that you had Missouri and Kansas play each other in 2007 in college football, not basketball, at Arrowhead Stadium, a great football stadium, to be number one in the country in the last weekend in November. I mean, how are you going to top that? Yeah. But if you could have this Blues-Blackhawks rivalry pick back up, and the Blues have these players emerging, and there are fortunately a bunch of young ones to choose from, uh, and Bedard emerging, and you could get back to that, that would be the best. Yeah. That would be the best. Be outstanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the Cardinals rivalry. Alfonso Soriano wasn't very well liked. Uh, him, like, it was like him and Zambrano, Derek yeah, Lee. Yeah, Zambrano, that's yeah, right. Those, that's those guys were not well liked here. And those, they, they were, uh, the Cubs were better, certainly. I, don't, I wouldn't say that they were a great team. The Cubs uh, got their big boost when they beat the Cardinals in 2015 in the NLDS. Yeah. 
Yep. That was that yep. was their moment. Yeah, it was over after that. And the Cardinals were a hundred win team that year. All right, we gotta shut it down. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Jackson and I'll be live on the YouTube channel for TMA. That's youtube.com slash TMASTL coming up in about 15, 20 minutes with QFTA. That includes any question, comment, hate mails, welcome to Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And we talk it over about just about anything on that program. It's called the Tim McKernan Show. BK and Ferrario up next on 101 ESPN for Jackson Burkett. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Monganast, St. Louis Hacker. And Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.